What's up, guys? Um, welcome back, Calling Shot Podcast. I think this is episode or twelfth episode, some of that. Um, it's hard to keep track at this point. I just kind of when I post the tweets about it, um, I just look and see whatever the last one was and add one. So, um, today's show, we're gonna talk a little bit about Justin Fields. There's people saying that he's gonna get traded. I'll say my thoughts on it, kind of where you know I stand on that. Um, I'm starting to get dive deep into the rookies, just all positions, kind of looking forward to where I'm going to be ranking them going into drafts this year. Um, I was working on the tight ends day and I had some thoughts I figured I'd share. I'm going to be posting a big, like long kind of haven't decided if I'm going to break it up by position or just one long article. I think I'm going to put on commissioner corner. We'll see when I can get that out. It's probably gonna be within the next month. I'm thinking. Um, and then lastly, Looked at Underdog, um, their fantasy platform. I was looking at the average ADPs because they have a lot of drafts going on right now. So I was looking at some of the ADPs with that. Had some thoughts on that as well. Um, so that's going to be what we got going on today. Um, we're still on TikTok. So if you want to go ahead and follow, it's uh, at Call Your Shot Podcast. And then on Spotify, five stars you love it, four stars you don't. Let's get into it. So there have been this has kind of been going on for a while, but there was one person, it was Jason Lockenfora, like this past week, he basically tweeted about how he's heard that multiple GMs, you know, he's heard that they they're saying that they think that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. Now, I don't trust a word that comes out of that dude's mouth. He's on a lot of like the Ravens, like radio shows and stuff like that. And honestly, he's just unbearable. He's the Bob Nightingale of football. So the way I like kind of line him up, the Bob Nightingale's a baseball guy. If people don't follow baseball, um, he gets everything wrong. Um, but you know, I've heard about this on other podcasts. I don't like like people are just outraged by the thought. It's like, oh, you can't trade Justin Fields. I mean, you're not doing your job if you don't at least think about it. It's like every besides like your Mahomes, your Allens, your you know Burrows, those guys, you're talking about like oh sh- like what could we possibly get for these guys so i mean i like justin fields i when he came out i thought he was the second best player in that class the trevor lawrence class you know i i didn't understand why the jets were taking zach wilson over him i thought fields was the guy for two and then even when it was confirmed like confirmed about a month out from the draft that the jets wanted wilson i thought he would go three to san francisco i mean that didn't happen either. So, I mean, maybe what do I know? But right now that l- would have looked like a better pick picking fields at two or three. Um, you can clearly see he's the second best guy in that class, but at the same time, you're not really comparing him to this class when you're deciding on his future with the bears, you're comparing him to, I don't even think you can really like, you can't compare him to this upcoming class. Your your Bryce Young's your CJ Stroud's Will Levis's Richardson. When you look at that class, I personally, I'm, I'm taking Justin Fields' side on all of them. The only one that I think is really a hard conversation for me is Bryce Young. But when you look at Chicago 
and the weather. I think Fields' arms a little stronger. I feel like he would hold up in the cold weather a little better. But I think the one thing that has to be kind of taken into consideration is not this year's class when you talk about trading Justin Fields, but the one after. You know, we can do this. We can have this conversation every year. It's like, oh, the grass is always greener. We can always just kick the can down the road. It's like, oh, the next quarterback class will be better. But the the next quarterback class from all like knowledgeable source, like we've watched football, Caleb Williams and Drake may are common. And if Caleb Williams is in this draft, he's probably the, he's almost certainly the first quarterback off the board. Drake may is at least three. He's probably, there's probably some people that would be taking him over Bryce young. Um, there's like, I'm not saying I'm not going to say whether or not the bears should trade fields, but you look at it. If Chicago is scouting, because these guys, they've been scouting Caleb Williams since he was at Oklahoma. Drake May is probably a similar thing. If they like one of those guys better, there's a world where they will justify, you know, making moves to put themselves into a position to get one of them. So you look at it this season. They have the number one pick coming up. They can move down. It would probably be with Indy. You know, Houston could probably just stay put at two and still get a guy they like at QB. But Indy's going to probably try to come up and get Bryce Young. Jim Irsay said in his press conference, he was not being screwed at all. He was like, yeah. He was like, we like the kid from Alabama. It's like, good job, Jim. Um, it's like, and then, so now they're at four or two if they trade with Houston. They can go back again. Like, this team has a lot of holes. Like, Fields, like, one of the reasons I'm probably partial to keeping Fields is you look at the games that they played. He's, like, the only real, like, plus player on the roster it's a lot of average and below but you trade down again i mean you look at the teams at seven eight nine because you're not really going at any further back than that seven's vegas i mean if they miss out on rogers they're either going jimmy g and even if they get jimmy g there's they could co- still come up and get a quarterback atlanta they can say what they want about ritter i'm not necessarily a believer in him i think they could be in the market for a quarterback and carolina they've been in the market for years they're going to talk themselves into, oh, if we get, can get a quarterback, we can groom and we can start going this year. We start win, winning divisions. It's just, I, I don't know. When you look at it from a whole perspective, the Chicago Bears front office and this coaching staff, they didn't draft Fields. Like, he's not their guy. Paul, Ryan Pohl said word for word after the season, like, he, Fields has to improve as a passer. So there's, I, I think it's outrageous to just dismiss the fact that they would want to move on from him and try to get their guy quote um i mean like if you want if they were a trade fields you look at it, there's i i looked at the draft order there's nine teams seven if you don't include the teams that are in their division outside the top 10 they they would trade their first round pick for fields and, and more they would give first round pick and more for fields right now titans at 11 jets at 13 new england at 14 commanders at 16 Detroit, Minnesota, those are the two in the division. That would never happen. But then then you get Tampa at 19, Brady's gone. Giants at 26. I think they would I I think they would take Fields over Daniel Jones, especially the fact that they would have to pay Daniel Jones. You get another at least a year of cost controlled kind of asset with Fields. And then Saints at 29, they're they're gonna be looking for a quarterback for the next who knows how long. But you know, let's just say if they were to trade Fields plus move back once, maybe twice in the draft. Now you're looking at 2024. You have at least three first round picks. You have three first round picks. You plus the two you would be getting in this year's draft. You're stockpiling assets. You're building a whole team 
And in all likelihood, the teams you're trading with probably aren't going to be great. Like Indies, if Indy, whoever they draft hits, it's not like they're probably still the third best team in the division. Vegas, they're in the AFC West and stuff like that. Carolina's in Atlanta. They could win a division, but then again, you're still talking like late teens, early 20s. I mean, you're the the Bears, no matter what, next year are going to be bad. You know, all likelihood, you like with fields, they could be drafting top two. Without fields, they're drafting top two. So if holes in them say like, oh, we want to move on, we want to try to get one of these guys, they're going to be betting favorites to get the first pick. So I, I don't know. I think as long as like the fact that it still remains polls didn't draft him. So you look at, it, it's like, even if they trade all trade him away and they get all these picks and the next year they don't get a chance at may or Caleb Williams, you're, you're the jets. You're just, if you hit on all those play, young players, you're the jets. You have a solid team around. All you have to do is find the quarterback. And that's why I don't think you trade him. I think when you look at Fields, he's just kind of special athletically. We see it. He runs all over the field. He, the reason they're like I said earlier, the reason they won those games, like he's just running for 180 yards. He's just putting the team on his back. That's the only reason they were competitive this year. I mean, you take Fields off that team. I mean, do they win a game? I mean, you put like I, I don't know, just na- name a average to below guy. Like I mean, you put Zach Wilson on that team. I mean, they lose every game at 20. So I think over time we've seen guys like Lamar, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. We've seen them improve their accuracy. I think that, you know, you look at the way that the league works and why the Jets are in the position they're at. Drafting, finding a quarterback is hard. So if you have a guy that in fields, it's like, is he, is he not? I think you give it another year. You got to see, you got to see it one more time. I, I don't know. Again, I'm not saying that I would trade him, but I think we kind of laid out the process of what could happen. It wouldn't shock me. And it's like, there's also, they might play this year out and then trade him. Like it, I just think that anybody saying that this is just completely off the table. I think that's a little ridiculous. I think it's a little disingenuous. Anything is on the table, especially when you have a team that has so many needs. If they feel like they can build a roster and then they're like, Oh, well the next class, we feel like we can get another guy too and kind of reset the clock. Cause that's the other thing that's on the table they're going to be able to build a team around, you know, with all these assets. And then you have a guy who's on a cost control deal for longer. We've seen it happen with like the chiefs and all them, you know, win these super bowls while your quarterback's still on a cheap deal. So I don't, again, I don't think they should trade fields. It's being talked about. It's probably going to be talked about all up until the first pick they're on the clock. So again, anything's on the table. The Chicago Bears. Next thing I want to talk about, I'm starting to put together kind of this master spreadsheet sort of thing with all of this data on the different rookies, all the different positions for the past, I don't know, it's five, six years. And basically, basically the Mahomes on kind of like era, I guess you could call it. Um, I've I started with the tight ends. They're the big kind of overarching theme with tight ends just in general like excluding just not even talking about just the rookies but basically if you don't have kelsey your past decade you're screwed i mean you look at we're gonna talk about it later but the price for kelsey now is he's a top five pick like he's going to go in the top five most drafts he's a at least six point advantage when you play whoever you're playing against and it's like 
all you have to do is you put out a lineup that matches the other teams are going to win almost every week. Like I think I've mentioned this before. Kelsey in my league with my friends from high school, he we've had five years. He's made the championship all five. He's won three. He's basically he's 2010's LeBron. Like that's that's the comp for Kelsey in this league. So, I mean, you can try to get lucky. You know, you get a Andrews last year. You get like you have your kill years, your Waller years, where the gap is a little bit closer. But other than that, it's 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 slim pickings the tight end position. It's like you look at the position as whole. It's not not like teams are trying to. You look at the rookie class. The, we just don't have good like tight ends coming in that much. Like it's not for a lack of trying either. Like there have been sixteen tight ends taking the first two rounds past six years. Like that's basically like what two and a half a year. I, close to that. There have been 88 total tight ends drafted in the last six years. I mean, it's just rookie tight ends just aren't productive. You know, we've had two top 10 finishes by rookie tight ends the last 10 years. Um, you remember how Kyle Pitts, his rookie year, everybody was like kind of calling him a bust. He was the sixth best tight end. Like that was like the second best tight end finish in the past half decade or decade. So, I mean, we've had eight top 20 finishes by rookies in the same period. I mean, Kittle's the low. Kittle's like the floor, like fifth round, anything after the fifth round, fourth round pretty much too. I mean, you get like, there was a Chris Herndon year where he finished 16th in 2018. Andrews was 17th that year. He was in the third. It's just, in general, when you look at the tight end position in fantasy football, if you're drafting a rookie, it's basically a mistake like it like you have your gears like kyle pitts but even then it's it's mainly a mistake and like you look at this upcoming class you hear from everybody like this is a good tight end class you have mayor from notre dame you have the kincaid kid from utah george has got darnell washington i think they have gilbert coming out too and there's that musgrave kid from oregon state i've seen them ranked in all like different orders throughout like different people's mock drafts and big boards and stuff like that i I'm not – I don't have high expectations for these guys in fantasy. Like, I, I don't think that any of them are going to be impact players right away. Like, it's just because that's just the history of the position. That's just how things go. I mean, if you play in, like, a dynasty league and you want to take these guys, yeah, sure, because there's there's normally a jump. There's – what you can say about year one, they don't play well. Year two, they make take a step. That's when you start to look at the young tight ends because you'll get – Kittle jumped from, you know, I think where I forget where he was, but Kittle was, you know, he finished barely in the top 20 and then he jumped to the tight end three. Andrews, he was 17, jumped to fifth. Hawkinson, he jumped to fifth in his second year. Then you got guys like Fryermuth, Noah Fant, David Njoku, Goddard. They all jumped into the top 10 their second year. When you look at guys in the second year that are coming up, because basically if in these drafts now, it's like, there's going to be tiers like there's the Kelsey, then you got Andrews, Kittle, Goddard, and then uh, I'm blanking on it. And Hawkinson. After that, it's like, do you just wait? Like, do you just wait? Like, there's I I was looking at the second year guys because that was kind of like what I was getting out of this is like maybe we should just start looking at second year guys if you're going to take a shot at somebody, that's what you take at. The only guy taken in the first two rounds at tight end this past draft was Trey McBride from the Cardinals. Ertz got hurt, hurt week 10. Week 11 on, McBride had like five targets game. 
you extrapolate that out to a full season, it's 85, which would have put him 11th. He had a tight end two finish week 17 against Atlanta. Scores only touchdown. He had like 10 targets. Prior to the injury, Ertz was tight end three. So there's, you know, a space where if Ertz gets cut for some reason, I don't think he will. He's like 10 million dead cap. You could see McBride taking a step and being a guy, but it doesn't look like I, I expect Hertz or Ertz to be back, excuse me. And just in that case, you wait a year with McBride until he's, you know, out of the picture. And then maybe you can start to do something like that. You get a guy like Chigakongwo from the Titans, Maryland grad. I didn't go to Maryland, by the way. If it, I'm trying, not trying to mislead anybody. I went to RIT, but I root for Maryland because I'm from Maryland. Um, but yeah, the, the Conquos are like, there. he's like one of those red zone guys. I think this is going to be a like kind of a segment I do. I want to put together a list of my favorite red zone guys. Not like like players you want to see like like inside the 20. Just like on Sunday, the amount of people, like I want to make a list of how many times I see people on red zone just ripping off 40-yard catches because Oconquo felt like he got like two catches game and one of them was either a touchdown or a 40-yard after the catch. Um, He was very explosive, over 14 yards per reception. He was, that was the highest among any player that had and as many catches as him. You look at other guys like Kittle and Goddard were around 12.8. Kelsey was 12.2. I mean, that's like elite stuff. If that's, you know, tangible and it could be, you know, continued with a higher workload. Um, I think Tannehill will be back. There were three games where Willis played as a quarterback, like didn't just come in for packages and stuff like that. Threw the ball over 10 times is kind of my baseline for that. He had, Oconco had three catches in those games. So like total, like throughout the, all three of those games, basically won a game. Um, if quarterback plays average, I could see Oconco taking a big step. Um, but then again, we'll see what happens if the Titans move off Tannehill and they get Malik Willis. I'm probably going to be a little more skeptical. Um, next up the Ravens guys likely and Kolar. I mean, I mean, mainly likely, but Kolar Kolar had a good game. He barely played. He was hurt all year. Um, if you look at just in general, like top two, having two tight ends in the top 15 is like borderline impossible. Like it's happened one time with Ertz and Goddard. That was Ertz's last year before he got traded, I think. Ertz was four and Goddard was 10. I'm not counting Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson this year. Taysom Hill is not a tight end. He's a running back. Like you can. Look at the snap counts. I'm not going to do it. Somebody else go do it. He's not a tight end. It's just he barely he never lines up there. He's not a he's not an effing tight end. Um, but yeah, no, I. So you look at it, Andrews is going to be taking up the main target share from that position for the Ravens. I like likely a lot. I mean, I think he anywhere else we would be talking about him as he. I think he would be the best option out of any of these second year guys. Um, I honestly, I, all I've seen is practice clips from Kolar. Seems like it moves pretty well. Uh, who knows? But I, I'm not going to put my chips in either of their baskets this year, just because. I don't know. I just you, it's going to be hard, and especially I think the Rams are going to try to incorporate more wide receivers into their passing game. I I I would be very shocked if any of the, either of those two are like significant fantasy impact guys. Um, Kate Otten. 
I picked up I picked him up for the London game they played against Seattle. I thought I was like it was kind of an outthink the room sort of thing. That was me just kind of trying to flex that muscle on the rest of my league. Um I honestly just kind of wanted an excuse to watch that game just because it's at nine in the morning. I needed a reason to get up and watch. Um he was graded this McBride was the highest graded guy on NFL.com, like the player profiles they do. Um, Kate Otten was the same grade, but he went to two rounds later. I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand. I'm not in those meeting rooms, so probably reasons why, but quarterback's going to be a question mark with Tampa. They could also sell some of their stuff just depending on how the offseason goes. Like, there's a world where Evans gets traded or Godwin, Fournette gets cut. It's probably not going to be the case. I think all those NFC, NFC South teams are just bad just insane. So they're going to try to think that they're a player away. It's like, Oh, we can still win a division that, you know, Oh, and then we get hot in the playoffs. Like, Oh, give me a break. But if Godwin or Evans leaves, I could see him falling in that 12 to 15 range. But then if not, I'm not going to be, you know, it's again, you got the tier of guys that are good. Like the Kelsey Andrews kill all of them. It's kind of just a, I'm not going to believe until I see it sort of thing with tight ends. I think that's just kind of how we have to operate now. Um, but one guy I could actually see having a like breakout season is Greg Dulcich. I mean, you look at him in theory, he has the best play caller. And if you take out the Ravens guys who are both backups, Russell Wilson like is the best quarterback. Like he has the best quarterback situation of a tight end that's going to play. So he played 10 games. He missed like the first seven ish with injury. He was double digits in half of his games, which when you look at tight ends, if they can get you double digits half the time, I mean, throw a friggin' parade. Um, he was, he also, this is going to sound insane. He was sixth in points per game by a rookie tight end since 2017. Greg Dulcich. He scored like eight points a game. He was sixth. Like, that's just how bad the tight end position has been. But yeah, so he was six in points per game. I Again, he's not going to be Jimmy Graham or anything, but you know, Sean Payne's going to find ways to get him involved. I saw something that they're still thinking about trading Judy. I mean, I, I don't understand that. Like, like what, what, what's the rush with getting rid of him? I, I don't know. But Again, I you look at all these second year tight ends. I think you have a better chance of hitting on that than trying to draft a rookie. I mean, if you're going to do dynasty, you, your best chance is to take one of the guys in the first round. Normally, those are the ones that it's just kind of you follow the draft capital. Like Hawkinson's first round pick, he kind of pan, he's fantasy wise he's panned out. But if you're like real life, I mean, it's just kind of little to be desired. Other, other than that, I mean. The second year guys, I, I like Dulcich. I like a Conquo. Other than that, hope you hope you draft Travis Kelsey. The last thing we'll get into today. Um, I was just messing around. I went on Underdog. I was checking out their ADP average draft position for the drafts they have going on right now. Um, I took I down. You can download it. It's pretty cool. Um, so that was something I did. I was. Just wrote down some notes that I saw. Um, first thing was you look at the top 30, and they have there's one tight end, it's just Kelsey. You know, I think last year Andrews kind of watered down Kelsey's value a little bit. 
but now Kelsey's like the number four player on the board. Like everybody's just it. We finally kind of come to the understanding that like you either have Kelsey or you are screwed. Um, then you go go on with the top thirty. 11 running backs, which is, it seems like a lot less than normal. I'll have to go back and look at that and just kind of confirm. But, you know, they have Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson's the fourth running back going off the board. We've been on this wave. You know, we, we don't, the, you know, the stands of this pod don't have to, you know, defend this decision. We've been on this wave. We've been on the Bijan Robinson bandwagon. Is there, is there wordplay for Bijan wagon? Nah, no, that's, that's bad. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out kind of a like a term to describe it. But um, then you look at it, top 30, there's four quarterbacks in there. There's Allen, Mahomes, Hurts. We've talked about that. That's the kind of tier. That's almost like the Kelsey tier of quarterbacks. Um, they have Burrow in there. That's that's fine. I don't really have an issue with that. Um, and then there's 14 receivers. So almost half of the top 30 is wide receivers. You look, it's going to be a very, looks like it's going to be very receiver heavy at the top of the draft. Six out of the top 10 guys they have, they're being taken right now, wide receivers. 10 out of the top 20, wide receivers. It's like, that's compared, there's only six running backs in that top, like in the top 20. Last year, it kind of felt like the opposite. Like I was going into drafts, I was saying, I feel like if I can get running backs early and feel comfortable with that position, maybe grab a tight end. I have, I'm going to have time to get wide receivers like in the middle rounds. Cause that was, everybody was kind of high on Cortland Sutton, like the Hollywood Browns, those kind of guys at Monroe was in that range as well. Um, it was kind of like you, you wanted to get the running backs early before you hit the dead zone, which is, it's funny because, you know, then Josh Jacobs ended up as top five running back. But I think this year, everybody's going to try to stack receiver early. And it's going to push a lot of the good running backs down the list. Like, for example, Aaron Jones is RB20 in ADP on underdog right now. First of all, I don't agree with this. It, he's behind guys like Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon. I mean, he's just always been better than these guys for the most part. Like, Dalvin had the one year he was RB2. But, like, I feel way more comfortable with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, knock on wood, he doesn't, he doesn't get hurt. Like, Dalvin, jo- Dalvin Cook, like, I think he had shoulder surgery. He like his shoulder would pop out every four weeks or something like that. It felt like if if this is the drop for Jones is predicated on Rogers leaving. I don't, that's just doesn't make sense. I don't feel like his game is predicated on Aaron Rodgers. I feel like Jordan love, like from what you're here, like Jordan loves people are, the Packers are fine moving on. They they're ready to go. They were ready to roll with love. I think they'll lean on Jones. I think they'll, he'll possibly get more of a workload. Like I, I, I just don't understand. But the main point, Aaron Jones being the RB20, he's the 63rd overall player. The wide receiver 20 is the 42nd. That's a 20-player gap. It's like, I think it's just telling you, like, they're going to be, especially in PPR, wide receivers are going to come off the board fast. What does this mean? Number one, if you're in a keeper league, hold on to your wide receivers this year in the drafts because their value is going to get so inflated that you're going to like guys like here's some good examples. Monroe St. Brown last year was the wide receiver 25 ADP was like over 60 this year. He's the wide receiver nine. So that means in all reality, he's going to be a top 15, 18 pick. That's just incredible value. If you're a keeper league, Brandon, Ayuk last year, he was the wide receiver 39. 
He was average ADP was like a hundred. This year he's the wide receiver thirty six, which again, don't agree with that. We're big IU fans on this podcast, but the wide receiver thirty six this year is being taken at seventy four. Depending on how many people are in your league, that's two two and a half rounds worth of stuff that you're getting a value on. Christian Kirk last year was he was or this year he's a top twenty five guy. Last season he was being taken out of the top forty. So I think you're gonna have a better opportunity. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of wide receivers going off the board. If you can keep one or two really good receivers later in the draft, and then you're gonna have a lot of these running backs fall to you. Maybe you have a quarterback, maybe you have a Kelsey fall to you because you're gonna have guys like Jefferson and Chase and Cup go off the board really early. Um, and again, another thing it means you're gonna have time to take the running backs, like you kind of just said, but not like in the first round. Later on in the draft, like right now, th- there's kind of like these clumps, like Dobbins Pacheco are grouped together. They're kind of they're side by side. Both right now are being taken outside outside the top 70. 10 team leagues, that's the seventh round. So then you get to guys like Cam Akers, who finished strong, Miles Sanders, who was a top 15 guy this year, Tyler Algier, who's a very good player. They're both be they're all three of them taken outside the top 80. That's like those are productive players being taken well. Like you're getting the 35th, 40th best wide receivers in the same range as top 20 ish, top 25 running backs. So I think you can't, if you want, you can wait on those kind of guys in that range. But then again, if you're at the top of the draft and you're able to keep some of these wide receivers, it's going to, number one, it, it's going to push the other guys up more because. What happens if you keep an Amon Ra or like even like a Waddle? Waddle's going to be going in like two, three. A lot of times he's going like four or five or something like that. There's going to be a gap there. Other guys are going to get pushed up because wide receivers are being kept. It's a, it's an economic exercise. So what do we do there? We wait on we take receivers and we take some running backs early because we know we have the receiver coming later. Um, and then some rookies, just real quick on the rookies. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was the first wide receiver rookie wide receiver i don't know if i necessarily agree with that i think the receivers are all going to kind of depend on where they go i think you know we talked about this on one of the pods last week about just kind of the receivers i think zay flowers is going to be the best one other than that i could see it where a lot of these guys are just gonna have to be in the right spot like i don't know there's not like a i don't think there's really a true one like I think Johnston's gonna be good. I think I think all of them could be good. But then again, I think it's just too early to tell. And especially Smith and Jigma played three games last year. It's just I, I don't know. The, having him as the number one receiver is a little rich for my opinion. Um well, Jameer Gibbs, yeah. Top twenty. He was RB nineteen. that puts him right above Jones, um, above Damian Pierce. Kind of in the, you know, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixer ring. I like that. I think he's going to be kind of, we'll see what happens with him. Because I think this is going to kind of be like the, kind of like the the Clyde Edwards-Alaire draft. Where you have a first round running back and then everybody's kind of in love with him. Like I am. Um, and then kind of, it's just going to kind of nullify the value of the guys that come after that. Because I remember like in the... Clyde Edwards Alaire draft. He was going like the second round, and then you get like Jonathan Taylor and like DeAndre Swift. Guys like that, kind of in like the seventh area. So, you know, I think that's Gibbs is gonna be a really good player. I'm gonna be excited to see where he goes. 
Um, but yeah, that that's just kind of my thoughts on where kind of things shook shook out to be in the ADP. We can do this kind of like updated, maybe like every month or so. I feel like there's not much is going to change. Um, but you know, just something fun to look at. We'll get into some more stuff like that. I'm excited for drafts. I, God, I, it, we, it's been a week. I'm just ready for football season again. That's the show. Um, I'm recording Saturday night. This is going to drop late, late Sunday, early Monday morning. Um, so in that case, I won't give my Last of Us review. I mean, that show is just incredible. I saw Ant-Man today. That's okay. It, Kang was sweet. Kang's scary. He's gonna be, he's gonna be the, he's gonna be a problem going forward for the Avengers. But um, other than that, the movie was just kind of, it was just kind of. Eh. I went at like ten thirty. Lady, the lady sitting next to me smelled like cigarettes. It was kind of bad, but this was. Um, so we'll have another episode out Wednesday. We're gonna try. I'm gonna try to reach out to some people, see if I can get some guests on the show or something like that. But. We'll see. I don't really have that. I don't. I don't have that much pull yet. So maybe we'll have to work my magic. Something. I don't know. But again, we're on TikTok. Call your shot podcast. Or yeah, on on TikTok. Call your shot podcast. Make sure you give that a follow. Share with your friends. Um, rate on Spotify. I don't know if you do reviews on Spotify, but rate on Spotify. Um, five stars, you love it. Four stars, you don't. And that's it. Get home safe. Peace.